Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Happy to see that Andy uh, is in one piece after last week's <laughs> I had told Camp him, and OB show. I told him that he was in my thoughts and prayers after the game last week. <laughs> Your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, you know, being, I, being the referee is okay. Yeah, <laughs> no one touches the ref, you know? I, uh, that's not always the yeah. case. Well, they're not supposed to, at least. Uh, I heard you on the air, but I didn't know if you were in a full body cast or... <laughs> no. See, what I like to do is I just like to dangle the meat and leave, and leave the room. Yeah. And then come back and then... I kind of suspected that might be the case. You ask a provocative question. <laughs> and then bail. I didn't know you actually left the room. I just figured you cowered in a corner <laughs> or hid under the table. Yeah, you know that uh, that board you're working at right now? Yeah, yeah. that's my hiding spot. Yeah, there's plenty there. of room. Yeah. You can get four or five guys under this yep. table. Yep. Not that I know that from personal experience. Hampton <laughs> um, OB again. Uh, is it more scary when they're mad? No. Or no. It's not scary at all. See, the, 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 the problem Andy, is... Andy, it, don't ruin the... Don't, we we want to okay. make it sound like it's a you know jungle in there. All right, take two. Uh, it's really scary. I mean, I need to call in reinforcements from the building Andy security. clearly did not read his hand yeah. and OB memo. That we it, uh, it, it does, uh, you know, rattle the nerves a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I can't lie to you. Uh, I've, I have uh, PTSD every once in a while when I go home. <laughs> there. there you go. There yeah. you go. Yep. But uh, that's it's okay. We, that's what we want to hear. Yeah. And it's uh, it all starts at 11 o'clock again this morning. That is correct. Should be an interesting game today. Yeah. Should be an interesting game. Shwani, you and I, should. They, they go in the conference room. They do the pre-game uh, right. show. And then they go into the conference room where there's this gigantic uh, TV. It's a huge TV. And then they uh, they get fed. Oh, that's a movie screen TV. Yeah, yeah it's there. like it's like going to the, the IMAX theater. Right, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Uh, and then they get they they uh, get uh, all kinds of food. Oh yeah, I've been there for that. Yeah, I've been f- there for the feast. It's a nice feast. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should we should stay and do that. We should stay. You know, we should do a documentary. I think Hamp- you should. We should do a Hamp and Ob behind the scenes documentary of what goes on behind the scenes in the madness. It was funny last. I think it was Christmas Eve. There was a game, and uh, my wife came in to watch with us, mm-hmm. and it was hilarious. She, just, <laughs> she loved every minute of it because those the, the guys are real. None of that stuff you hear is phony. I mean, yeah. this is just, this is real stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they bleed for the Bears, and, you know, they have bled for the Bears uh, on numerous Literally, occasions. Yes, yes. Exactly, on the field. So whatever they're saying, I mean, it, it, this is this is not contrived or just try to be angry. I mean, this is genuine emotion coming out. Yep. Uh, if I was going to ask OB2 what he's looking forward to today. Yeah. Juani? What you. was he? Uh, that's you, OB2. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's you when you're doing your OB impersonation. <laughs> What are you looking forward to? <laughs> I know what I'm looking forward to. A win. Really? A win? They've got to get out there and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done your OB impersonation for OB? No. Oh, today could be no. the day. No. Yeah. No. Today could be the day for no. that. So you well, gotta do no. It. You got to do it pregame. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got to do it for OB today. Uh-huh. So now be listening at 11 for that. You know I could lose my DJ license if I didn't play some sort of rain-related song on a morning like this. It is required by DJ Law, which was my, uh, was my DJ name. DJ Law with you, man. Hey. Back, back in the day. Twenty, do you recognize this voice on this song? Yeah, I do, but I can't place it. And I know for sure it's not the version by the Cascades. No, that's the original version yes. of this song. I love this version by Peoria's own Dan Fogelberg. Oh, it's Dan Fogelberg. Uh, yeah, it's okay. kind of like him. Yeah. yeah. Dan Fogelberg. The leader of the band. You know he was only fifty six when he died. Mm. Wow! Yeah, he was not. He was not old at all. Prostate cancer. Uh, 
Yeah, I've got a whole uh, bunch of uh, nice rain songs for you today. <laughs> Here that's comes pretty much the rain the, yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falling to the dump. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole content for the show today. Nice. Well, we do have a flash flood warning yes. until 2 for right. Cook and DuPage counties. We had an advisory that ended at 9 and then there's a special marine warning also uh, that typically is issued along with those for uh, just for marines. From, yeah, just for marines, <laughs> you know, being on the water. Um, Winthrop Harbor up to Wilmette. Uh, now, that, what does that mean? A marine harp uh, warning. Marine warning means Stay off your if, boats. You, if you're not on, if you're not on the boat, don't go out there because yeah. uh, you know there's very high, high winds. Winds and the uh, weather starting getting rough. Swells. The tiny ship could was be tossed. tossed. Absolutely, yes. yes. So that's what that means. So uh, you know, best to stay ashore. It's terrible. I mean, it was pouring, Ugh. torrential. It hadn't or, started yet when I came in earlier. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it started around here around five thirty yeah. or six, and uh, is persisting. It is going to move away though later this afternoon. Yeah. It's raining cats and dogs. I know because you've seen cats and dogs falling f- out of the window. Was, there. No, let me. Can I finish the joke? Please? Yes, please. This is this was my big headliner joke back in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> I may call John Williams during speed jokes for this. <laughs> this is such a good joke. Schwani, it was raining cats and dogs when I came in today. Oh? I know because I stepped in a poodle. Oh, that is a speed joke. That is a perfect speed joke. That joke killed when I was in third grade. (laughs) And then they sent you out in the hall? And then (laughs) where I spent most of my grade school career. Fourth grade, that was me. Out in the hall. In the hall. In the hallway. (laughs) Sometimes with gum on my nose. Did you ever have that? (laughs) Gum on the nose. Yeah, if uh, the teacher, and I had one particularly maniacal uh, teacher, sixth grade teacher, should I say her name? Sure. Can if you want to. She's passed away now, I guess it's okay. Should I? Or will embarrass, might embarrass her family. The family, yeah. I, I, there's no point except just to be a jerk, so I won't for a change. Uh, my sixth grade teacher would, if she caught you chewing gum. Oh, we were in trouble. She made you put the gum on your nose. On your nose, yeah, I think there was something like that. Although I just, I cooperated. I didn't uh, chew gum as a rule. Well, I had braces I on my teeth in fifth grade. I didn't chew gum. I, I followed all the rules. No, I was a good boy. I was nothing but trouble. <laughs> my dad spent more time I'm in that school office than I did. <laughs> Called off work early had, to go in. I had four brothers. My dad spent more time in that school <laughs> office. He knew them all by first name. <laughs> yeah, we were we were not the easiest kids to. <laughs> yes, the secretary at the at the door. Oh, good morning, oh, sir. Hi, Sam. The principal How are you? is hi. waiting for you. Go right on yeah, in. Hi, Sam. Yeah, we've got your office ready for. The, my dad had an office. Nice. Uh, at the, the, he had his own office at school. He was there so much. <laughs> Uh, anywho. Yeah, I couldn't get in trouble in school. You talk about yeah, working your remotely. mom, right? My mom taught at the same school yeah, that I went to. See, that's... And the weirdest thing was coming home every once in a while in the summertime and seeing your teachers sitting there on the dinner table with your parents. Oh, like, oh come on, man. Really? Good. I got I to gotta deal with these people here, too, now? That's rough. Uh, but yeah, anything I did at school got back to her in like 10 seconds. In a seconds. second. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. So I learned early just to be good. I did pretty much whatever I wanted. <laughs> the highlight of my grade school career is when we got a hold of the teachers' home phone numbers. Oh yes, and uh, we called with phony, you know, fake phone calls. Is <laughs> Prince Albert in the can? Is your refrigerator? Is your refrigerator running? running? Oh, your greatest hits. You better catch it. Yeah, your greatest. Your grade school uh, dope uh, greatest hits, uh, and then. See, this should have told you what I was going to grow up, you know, what my job was going to be. Then I would do, uh, we would call, and I would do funny voices on the phone. <laughs> I would do character voices for, to the teachers. And we just thought we were hilarious until <laughs> you got caught. Somebody, we were bragging the next day. Oh, no. That was the problem. We were There were, there were like three or four of us that were the ringleaders of this <laughs> telephonic mess and then we were bragging to other people and somebody squealed on us and oh boy did these 
we yeah. get in trouble for that. Imagine that. That was back in the day when people actually answered the phone without knowing who was calling. Right. <laughs> right. You didn't. <laughs> you couldn't see that it was coming from That's my That's right. House. There was no caller ID. Yep. And we had to go to the full trouble of actually dialing the phone, not, uh-huh. not pushing buttons. Right. So that was exhausting also. Um, so yesterday I had, it, it was the, the best of times and the worst of times for me. Uh, I was in the Mexican Independence Day Parade. WGN-TV had a float. And we had the greatest time. That is such a wonderful parade. Uh, families, smiles, uh, the the smells of great food being cooked, you know, prepared on 26th Street as you went down the street. And just a, a wonderful, wonderful, joyous day. It was great. And then... Shwani, these caravans last night. I made the mistake of going out to dinner last night, mm-hmm. and I didn't think mm-hmm. I would be. It's like, oh, that could, couldn't possibly be affected. Uh, every off-ramp leading into downtown was closed uh, by the police. And this then, but the streets were just packed. Sure. With the people blowing their horns yep. and disrupting traffic. and My neighborhood was... Um, oh, I can imagine. Uh, in the middle of the day yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah you're Caravan Central. Was It was Caravan Central, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I fully, uh, I can empathize. It was unbelievable how one part of my day was a beautiful, joyous celebration of ethnic pride and the other part was the most idiotic absolute opposite <laughs> of a celebration of just disrupting uh, you know and, and uh inconveniencing people trying to get home trying to you know go to you know wherever because every street was closed everywhere the police had shut down all the streets and uh you know the the cars were going wild and i heard you had a story in your newscast that there was a was it a shooting or stabbing a stabbing and it was early this morning on north state but uh you know it's crazy directly you know i imagine you know the people were among those that were out celebrating but there was a fight that broke out around uh, the 300 block of north state two people got stabbed and a police officer uh, had some hand injuries Uh, so that's about that's the extent of what we know, and we still don't know how many people may have been arrested yeah. overnight. When I was trying to get home, amidst all this madness of you know cars that were honking their horns and all you know just uh, really just disrupting traffic for everybody else, I don't understand how that equals some kind of celebration for uh, you know Mexican independence. I don't understand how those two things don't make sense to me. Of we're going to go disrupt everybody else. That doesn't make sense. But, you know, maybe it's just, you know, a few people causing a bigger problem and probably not representative of the the greater community. Right. But, uh, you, you know, you could see the tempers were flaring and things were being hurled out of cars. And it was like, oh, my, let me get me out of here. Mm. Crazy. I was worried about, uh, you know, an ambulance trying to get through. Right. You know, what do you do? There's no way that an emergency vehicle could have gotten through this mess uh, that was going on last night. And I was trying to think. I remember, was it the World Series when the Cubs were in the World Series? They shut all the exits into downtown. I was trying to remember which celebration it was. Yeah, that was one of them. um, But uh, it's just, it's the best of times and a beautiful celebration. And you feel this warmth and very family welcoming feeling and on this other side it's like what what is what happened this? here yeah what is this that does not make any sense uh so one of the many things in life that i do not understand <laughs> i do understand though that we will get to a far-flung forecast our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures and now I will write on the board 500 times, here's Dave Schwan, here's Dave Schwan, here's and, Dave Schwan. And leave the gum on your nose when here's you do Dave it. Dave Schwan, here's Dave Schwan. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you very much, Dean. And folks, get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled devices. I like when you say folks. Folks. Get out. Yep. Sounds very warm. Well, that's because... It actually sounds like you care. I do. 
I do. And you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Nobody pretends caring better than (laughs) Schwanny. You're going to love where we are headed today. We're staying in Iowa, headed to the town of what cheer? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Again, he makes up the names of the towns. What cheer? Two words. It's two words. What, W-H-A-T, and cheer. Not, you know, it's not like what cheer. It's uh, two words. What W-H-A-T and cheer, C-H-E-E-R. It's about uh, two hours west of Davenport. It was founded in 1865. Its population in 1880 was 3,246. It is now down to 607. Oh, sorry to hear that. It was a coal mining town in the 19th and uh, 20th centuries. Uh, Now, why was it named What Cheer? Exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) That is is actually an ancient English greeting, and Hmm. some of the English and Scottish people that first settled the area came there. uh, The uh, greeting was, What Cheer with you? Meaning... How nice to see you, or you you know, or, you're very cheerful. Like, what's up? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. What's up? But what cheer was uh, chosen for the town after uh, Petersburg, which was the original name of the town, was hmm. rejected by the post office. Hmm. So what cheer, Iowa, has a very cheerful, sunny and 61 degrees this morning. 937, this rainy Sunday morning. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN with our friend, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning to you, my friend. How are you today? Good morning, Dean. You know, 58 and rainy, it's a little chilly today. So. Yeah, it's, uh, well, welcome to, uh, uh, dare I say the word, autumn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I hate to. I, hate to in Chicago. I didn't want to admit that it was here, but it's. Uh, even though I guess we're gonna, it's going to be nice this coming week. It's definitely very fall-like out uh, today. So there's a bunch of things I want to get here uh, to today, but let's start off with this new COVID vaccine because the uh, FDA and the CDC uh, both approved it this uh, past week for anyone over the age of six. Uh, who should be taking it? <clears throat> is it available now? Uh, do you, can you just walk into a drugstore and get it? Give us all the details we need to know about this. Yeah, you pretty covered quite a bit of it right there. It is available now, so you can get it at uh, Walgreens, CVS. Go in. You don't need an appointment. You don't need an order from a doctor. You can just get that shot. Um, as far as who can get it, anybody over the age of six months and up, And it'll be very interesting to see who does get it. I think a lot of people feel that they have some immunity already. They've been infected. They've had some vaccines. And we're hearing about the cases being a little bit more mild. So certainly we hope that people do get it just to slow the transmission so that we don't have another big bump of it. Um, But it's going to be very interesting to see who actually gets in line to get a shot in the arm this time around. And the benefit of getting this new booster, this new vaccine, is what? Well, the nice thing is is that the new vaccine is actually a very close lineup to to the COVID strain that's circulating right now. If you think about flu vaccines, we're guessing about seven months before the flu season what the strain is going to be for influenza. And that's why in past years we've had efficacy rates of that vaccine at 25, 30, 40%. The COVID vaccine, however, that we're getting right now is very close to the strain that is going around. So it's certainly going to give you great protection. Oh boy, there goes our phone again. The phone, uh, I don't know why this always seems to happen during Dr. Kevin Most's uh, feature, his segment. I don't know if somebody just doesn't want to hear him talk about helping people get healthy we'll get him back on the phone line and because i because i want to learn more about this you know what's really kind of my number one question with this i mean personally i've always been pro-vaccine i know some of you are not uh i i think most people are they want to be as healthy as they possibly can um but uh so you know i i think everyone needs to get it but i i want to make sure that we're clear on who should be getting it first and uh let's try again here dr most are you there <laughs> i am dean you know the 
the Gremlins or Jack? One of them doesn't like me. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty, no, I think Jack likes you. you. I think producer Jack <laughs> does. Uh, he does like you. So I think it's either the Gremlins, who you may have kept in a waiting room a little too long, and they're finally <laughs> getting their payback. Uh, for, for this oh uh but when uh, getting the, back to the vaccine yes yeah. yes you know now now that it is available and like we said six months all the way up to 12 or you know from six months on and like i was saying i don't know where i got cut off but it's a very good match so it is going to protect you from getting this virus or getting a bad case of it so i would certainly recommend people to go and get it get it with the flu vaccine um certainly we want to stop the spread. We want to protect those who are immunocompromised. Sometimes we get vaccines not only for our protection, but for those around us and for those that we might run into. So getting the vaccine and getting um, covered as much as we possibly can will minimize the number of cases and protect those immunocompromised individuals as well. Now, what about uh, the payment for this now? Because the government's no longer paying for vaccines. Are are we going to uh, foot the bill for this ourselves now? Yeah, it's interesting you, the way you ask the question, too. We say the government is not paying. The government is still going to pay for Medicaid and Medicare recipients, so those patients are going to be covered by governmental fees. Okay. A lot of insurance companies are, are covering this, so certainly check with your insurance company, but the vast majority of them are going to cover it just as they do flu shots. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. You know, the... It, Insurance companies are fairly smart. They know if I give somebody a vaccine, it's going to stop me from paying for potentially a hospital visit or a doctor's office visit. So they're really looking at it from the economic side as well as the public health side to make these available. So hopefully we'll hear more about any insurance companies that are not covering it and to kind of give them some you know, peer pressure to make sure that they do cover it. Yeah, and we're, we're getting into that time of the year uh, where we're going to have more family get-togethers, people are going to be inside more. Uh, it's not a terrible idea just to pr- protect yourself from, uh, you know, protect you and uh, protect uh, your loved ones who are going to be around you. And it's it's oh, not it's not as fatal as it used to be. It's not like the early days of COVID. But who wants anything that resembles the flu? I don't. You, you hit it right on the head there. If anybody has true, you know, had the flu, true blown flu with those temperatures of 102, 103 body aches and you feel miserable for 10 days. After that, a lot of people say, I'm going to get a flu shot every year. The same with COVID. Many of us had COVID and, you know, did not feel well for a long period of time. So certainly the other concern is the long COVID risk is still there, even with these mild cases of COVID. So you know, protecting yourself, protecting your family. And like you said, we're going to have a lot of gatherings here with Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas, a lot of holiday travel. And, you know, we always say, you know, don't get the shot the day before you travel. Don't get the shot the day before Thanksgiving, because we're talking about, you know, anywhere from 10 days to 14 days before it's fully effective. So really making sure you're vaccinated by early to mid-October is probably key to your health. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, the amount of time until the vaccine becomes effective a 630 area code says what's the minimum amount of time that i need to go on a cruise on october 8th but if you're saying 10 days uh you know if you get your vaccine you know any anywhere in the next couple of weeks you'll you'll be okay for october 8th absolutely yep and i would recommend that you know we've had you know some cruise ships just recently in the news where they've been stranded and they've had COVID cases that have kind of run through the cruise ship. We know that happened at the initial part of COVID. You're in close uh, confines with people and uh, the, the non-controlled environment. So I certainly would back, vaccinate anybody who's going to be going on a cruise here this fall. Yeah, somebody on the text line says, I had a mammogram in late October. Can I get a COVID vaccine now? It, are those two related, mammograms and COVID yeah. vaccines? Yes, it's interesting, though. They have it reversed right? They've already gotten their mammogram. Our concern with uh, mammograms and COVID vaccines is that when you get the COVID vaccine, our body starts to make antibodies in lymph nodes. And when you get the shot in your arm, the lymph nodes that are close to your uh, armpit are, you know, get inflamed because they're making antibodies. Well, when we do a mammogram, if we see inflamed lymph nodes, we get concerned Mm. and it leads to other tests. But 
the plain lymph node is from the shot, not the mammogram. So this individual who already Uh has the mammogram done, that's great. You can go ahead and get the shot. Anybody who has a scheduled mammogram, I would wait until after your mammogram or to give yourself probably three or four weeks to allow that to settle down so that we don't get a false positive mammogram due to the immune system causing the inflammation in the lymph nodes, which is exactly what we want with the shot. Now, I I wanted to just cover one other area before we run out of time, and that is the story that came out this week about very common decongestants that people purchase uh, uh, off the counter uh, that are uh, have been found to be ineffective uh, as oral cold medications. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so this is really interesting and really is going to potentially have a huge impact. If in 2006, everybody remembers Sudafed. Well, Sudafed was pseudoephedrine. Pseudoephedrine was a great decongestant, but unfortunately people used it and they could manipulate it to make methamphetamine. So what the government did, or what we did, said, hey, you know what, we're going to control the the sales of that. It's still over-the-counter, but you have to go to the pharmacist, you have to get registered, logged to see how much you're buying so that you you know you're using it for your personal use and not for drug manufacturing. So what happened back in 2006 is they said, oh, we know that phenylephrine, which is a nasal spray decongestant, works great. Let's put it in the pill form, and boom, 250 products, a couple billion dollars. Well, what they found out over the past 10 years is phenylephrine, when taken in a pill form, breaks down in the stomach, a very small portion of it gets absorbed, and it does not work as a decongestant. Mm. So now the FDA knows that, and now they're going to have to make a big decision here if they pull all those medications and say, take them out. You're going to have empty shelves because now they're going to have to figure out another decongestant or they're just going to have to take that out of the uh, out of the NyQuil and the Tylenol, yeah. uh, PSE, and is you know, fen- all of those drugs right now. Is phenylephrine in most all decongestants now? Almost every one of them. Almost every one. Wow. Okay. Yep. So what about what do you suggest as we get into cold season now, and you know people are in need of that? What what do you suggest that they do? Yeah, the true people who need the, the decongestant, go ahead and talk to your pharmacist and get the true Sudafed. It's still available. Okay. You just have to, like I said, get logged for it. It's not going to be the ease of just walking down the aisle and picking a brightly colored box that looks cool and is on sale that week. <laughs> you know, this is going to take a little bit of thought as far as how you're going to treat the symptoms that you actually have. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk again next week and get uh, more. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most is the chief executive officer Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Stay dry today, Kev. Thank you so much. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Thanks. In our next hour, my one-on-one interview that I did this week with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the original star and the creator of Hamilton, the musical, which has reopened in Chicago. It uh, played here for three years uh, and uh, now is back until the end of the year. Uh, the day after Hamilton closed in Chicago back in 2020 on our WGN TV morning news, we talked with its star Miguel Cervantes, who now is starring uh, in the same role as Alexander Hamilton on Broadway, by the way. Uh, but just a, a great guy, super talented. And the morning after uh, this very emotional run for him, uh, he talked with us at WGN. I mean, I've done two shows plenty of times, and I was not as tired as doing one yesterday. Wow. Um, the, the, the response um, from the audience, the energy, I think it, you, know, you can understand why rock and roll stars get yeah. a little burnt out, because it was just so electric. You could feel the love and the energy coming from the audience, and I, you know, it's something that you can't describe, you can't prepare for, and you know, the, the end of a journey like this. Um, it's undescribable. So why did you answer your phone this morning? Because <laughs> right. so he morning? loves us, Larry. <laughs> and listen, I'm still an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> we shut it down a little early last night. <laughs> but 
<laughs> Coming into a show like this, everyone knew it was such a big hit on Broadway. A lot of pressure taking over that role when you came to Chicago. And you, they usually switch people out. They kept you the whole time. I saw you. Phenomenal. Yeah. But, I mean, that's got to be unbelievable. You know, I, I you know, we, we talked about this at the beginning. You know, they let me be who I wanted to be on that stage. They wanted to be, they let me create the Hamilton that I wanted to be and that I, who I was. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a different person than Lynn and, mm-hmm. and any of the other Hamiltons you see. And the energy that we created on that stage, we just, it just kept going. And the new people would come in and go and the energy kept going. And I was just telling, you know, Dean earlier, it never felt like it was old. It never felt like three and a half years. And the ultimate compliment for you now, I mean, you were going to take some time off after this show was going to close here in Chicago anyway. Uh, But some news came in that you are going to continue as Alexander Hamilton in New York on Broadway. Yeah. You yeah. are taking over the main show yeah. with this. You know, I started on my the first one I started before Chicago. I got to do four performances with mm-hmm. some of the original company and that was an amazing sort of beginning. And then now we've created this beautiful Chicago sort of bubble mm-hmm. that we created this this show and now I get to sort of take our energy a little bit of our Chicago fire yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and move it over to New York and be able to to to, to do what what I do there and um, hopefully give a little bit of that Chicago love to the Broadway company that we that plenty we've of actors here. come to town and they perform here for a little while and you know they give us the usual oh I love Chicago it's love your pizza uh, but <laughs> you have really embraced Chicago I mean you really have been become part of the city here. Yeah. What, is, what does Chicago mean you know, to you? We got here without an idea of what it was going to be like, what we, our life was going to be here. Immediately we decided that we loved it. And immediately we decided that we were going to be here for as long as we could. And, uh, you know, my son is in school and we've met so many people that have supported us. You know, Hamilton is one thing, but, you know, the, the struggles that we've gone through as a family uh, with my daughter and all of the sort of, um, you know, difficulties that have come throughout these last three years we we got you know we got a lot of love and support uh from our home from the people here and the family that we found yeah miguel and his wife uh, kelsey endured uh the worst loss of all their little daughter that he was referring to passed away while he was here uh from a rare very rare form of uh epilepsy uh, they continue to work uh, in the world of uh, childhood diseases, uh, and uh, we'll talk more about that in coming weeks. In the meantime, uh, Hamilton is back open, this time at the Niederlander Theater. An actor named Pierre-Jean Gonzalez uh, is now in the starring role. And as I had mentioned, we talked one-on-one with uh, the creator of it all, Lin-Manuel Miranda who talks about what Chicago means to Hamilton and vice versa. That's coming up in the next hour. That was checking the radar here, Schwani. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Oh, you said earlier you'd like to do funny voices when I, you were. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> checking our WGN weather app, uh, by golly. And uh, it looks like the rain is going to push out of here by... Oh, about 4.30, 4.35 o'clock, somewhere around there. Well, you know what else, Tom? We just now have... Uh, Dean. A, My name's Dean. Oh, oh, sorry, Dean. My name's Dean. Um, we this just, is just how I talk now. <laughs> <laughs> On a legitimate note. You know, because you can put this radar into motion, and it, it shows you there's a big chunk of rain over the area now, but you put it into motion, and it tells you what time of the day the rain is going to be gone. Isn't that something? Let me show you some pictures that people sent me. <laughs> Here's a seagull. Here's a picture of a seagull. As my ninth grade social studies teacher said, you take your books and go out in the hall and keep the gum on your nose. Oh, my God. And sit, <coughs> sit cross-legged and facing the wall. <laughs> yes. Hold your arms out. The radar is cool, though, because <laughs> uh, this is how I... What else do you have pictures of in there? <laughs> that I can set into motion? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll show you later. I'll show you when Hamp and OB are on the air. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you something to yell about. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the, fortunately, 
because the rain's going to be out of here around 4 or 5 o'clock. That's when I'm going to be up in Highland Park hanging out with Billy Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. Oh, cool. They are doing, they are recreating a a Tower Records in-store appearance that they did. Oh. 30 years ago. Remember, first of all, remember, Uncle Dean, what's Tower Records? Oh. What's a record? Like the one they did, uh, the one on uh, Belden? Uh, It was on Belden. Clark Clark and Belden. That was a great store. That was a fantastic store. And 30 years ago, they had a new album then that had just come out called Siamese Dream, which was kind of their breakthrough album. And they did an in-store appearance playing that album acoustically. And they are going to recreate that at uh, Billy's uh, tea shop that he has in Highland Park called Madame Zuzu's. And they're going to uh, they're going to recreate that concert. So you can go to that concert. You got to get tickets first. So. Go on their website for all that. But I'm going to be up there with the Channel 9 cameras, and we're going to show it to you on television. That is wonderful. Tower Records. And, of course, those of us of a certain age remember Rose Records. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hegwish Records. Hegwish. Oh, yes. Lowry's Records and Tapes. Lowry's, of course, yeah. And I think... I think Rolling Stone Records is still there, isn't it? By Harlem and Irving. Norwich, yeah. Oh, over there, yeah, yeah. Sam Goody. I've been so busy with my radar, I haven't had, really had a chance. <laughs> Dancing in the rain. The sun's in my heart. Look like a soaked rat, a, a soaked bald rat. And we just had an update, by the way, uh, Dean, from the National Weather Service. This flash flood warning now includes Lake County, Illinois. Oh, boy. Until uh, 2 o'clock. So it's Cook, Lake, and DuPage. Uh, flash flood warning until 2. And the rain is starting to move out uh, and should be out uh, entirely by uh, later this afternoon. Yeah. yeah, if you take a look at that WGN weather app, <laughs> it's got the live radar there. You can see exactly I told you to stay in the hall. The, uh, <laughs> the flooding in the streets is uh, terrible. And I'm sure, you know, the places that normally... Uh, flood out our you know streets and things like that are probably a mess keep an eye on your basements and you know to, for any kind of flooding that you may have in the house because it was a deluge earlier uh, this morning um so the news has come out on the uh the labor show that's on right before ours uh at uh, eight o'clock on sunday mornings they were talking about the writer strike the actor strike and they were talking about Drew Barrymore in particular, and they trashed her pretty good on the, the show this morning about making the decision to go back into production and continue doing her show, even though the uh, writer's strike has not been uh, settled yet. Uh, Drew Barrymore and other shows, uh, Bill Maher, Jennifer Hudson, uh, The Talk, uh, several of the shows have said they're going back into production regardless whether the strike is settled or not. Uh, but an interesting turn of events with this just happened this morning uh, where Drew Barrymore posted uh, that she has reversed her decision. And uh, she well, this is the post. She says, I've listened to everyone and I'm making the decision to pause the show's premiere until the strike is over. In other words, what she said before that she was going to go ahead and do it anyway. Now she's saying she's going to not do anything until the strike is over. Uh, Continuing, I have no words to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I've hurt. And, of course, to our incredible team who works on the show and have uh, made it what it is today. We really tried to find our way forward. And I truly hope for a resolution for the entire industry very soon. So that, it's a very interesting turn of events after she said that she was uh, going to go ahead and do the show. Now she's uh, she she took an absolute beating online online. Uh, the, the the labor show, of course, uh, uh, the workers uh, uh, show that was on that's on right before ours every Sunday morning. Uh, they really gave it to her this morning. So. Uh, she obviously, you know, listened to what everyone was saying and uh, has decided to keep her show on hold until the strike is over with. So 
keep you posted on uh, all the latest with that. Uh, interesting, uh, I was uh, on assignment this week. I was at the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. You know, Ringling Brothers shut down the circus uh, five years ago, something like that. Uh, they they were taking a lot of heat uh, over the use of animals and what a lot of people said was cruelty to animals. Uh, and people were not going to the circus anymore. The Ringling Brothers, the greatest show on earth, people stopped going. Uh, so Ringling Brothers shut it all down. This great American tradition closed. And now they have revamped it all uh, without animals and uh, I went there to get a first look at it. I interviewed some of the people who are responsible, some of the performers. I'll be doing some stories on TV about it in the next couple of weeks. But uh, just to give you the first word on this, I actually enjoyed the the new, it's called Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, The Greatest Show on Earth. And it is just nonstop action. No animals involved at all. Uh, ton, lots of acrobats, lots of you know feats of uh, human endeavor, some acts that you have seen before, uh, some acts that you have never seen before. Uh, I would say that it's Cirque du Soleil-like, but Cirque du Soleil likes to tell a story while they do their show, and this is really just performance one performance after another in many cases several performances all going on at the same time instead of the traditional three rings like the circus has always had uh, now they have uh, platforms of different heights throughout the uh, arena uh, and often you know where there would be uh, acrobats say for example uh, there are acrobats on all the different platforms, so you don't exactly know where to look. There's so much going on. I mean, it's kind of a sensory overload, uh, the, you know, as they uh, you know try to redefine what uh, circus is. The traditional clowns that you would see at circuses uh, are no longer there. They have what they call comedic characters, but the uh, the the paint the the, uh, the clown with the painted face and the red nose and you know the funny hats and you know all that sort of thing the very traditional looking clowns not involved in the sh show anymore uh ringmaster there are no rings so there's no ringmaster anymore they have sort of hosts of the show that guide you from performance to performance uh, they are also singers and performers themselves uh, but uh, the traditional ringmaster is uh, no longer there. I posted some pictures on my social media, and uh, you know a lot of people said they're glad to see the animals gone. They always felt so bad when they went to the circus, and they saw the animals, uh, you know, caged and uh, you know have, doing tricks and dancing and you know this and that. A lot of people felt uh, sorry for the animals. Uh, a lot of people said. Uh, you know, the circus isn't going to be the same without the animals. So, uh, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion about the whole thing. Uh, I went to look to see what kind of, I, I went to get a first look to see what it was about so I could tell you about it. And I sat through a show, you know, they're still in rehearsal. So it's, it's going to change ever so slightly from what I saw. Uh, but uh, it was a very entertaining show. I have to say, I didn't miss the animals. I've, I kind of fell into the camp of, I felt, I felt bad for the animals. Uh, so, I mean, I know a lot of people felt that way. A lot of people felt differently. It's entirely up to you how you feel about it, of course. Uh, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Uh, I just felt like something is going on everywhere in this arena at any given time, whether it's acrobats, whether it's uh, incredible high wire acts, uh, balancing acts. Uh, they have uh, some terrific acts with um, uh, bicycles. You know how you see uh, kids on bikes on ramps and you know going upside down, and you you, you see that in certain places. Uh, that's they they have those kinds of acts which are spectacular uh, to see. Uh, they have some 
I don't know how to explain it exactly. It's like flamenco dancers, but it, it's like extreme flamenco dancers doing things uh, like you've never seen before. It's a it's a very entertaining show, and it's going to be out at the Allstate Arena. Uh, uh, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, I believe, one weekend only in Chicago. So if you're interested, you can go uh, check it out. And as I said, I'm going to be doing some more stories on the new Ringling Brothers uh, on WGN television over the next couple of weeks, and we'll bring some of those interviews to you here so you can get uh, a better idea of what this, uh, you know, great american tradition which has evolved and changed and um, you know as they explain it the circus has always evolved and changed from what it was you know when it first came out to what it uh, was when we were kids and we grew up going to the circus to what it became over the last few years before it closed down and now it's entered uh, a new era that is definitely geared toward uh, younger people. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, there is uh, a lot of um, digital elements, electronic and digital elements, which are also uh, involved uh, in the circus as well. So it's definitely geared toward uh, a younger audience. I think your kids or your grandkids probably will really enjoy this show. I'll be telling you much more soon. When we come back from the break, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the original star and the creator of Hamilton the Musical, sits down with me one-on-one to talk about the return of Hamilton to Chicago. I just wanted to mention, because you have the story in your newscast, about uh, some people being stabbed as, as yes. part of the Mexican... on North State Street early this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know the like negativity that goes... Uh, with that uh, is balanced as I mentioned to you earlier uh, yesterday I was in the Mexican Independence Day Parade WGN TV had a float and uh, in it and I I was on it along with uh, Dan Ponce and Lourdes Duarte and uh, Andrea Medina and uh, Ray Cortapassi we had the nicest time and really it was just an absolutely wonderful wonderful celebration of family and friends and it just it couldn't have been nicer and as i said to you earlier it was like yesterday for me was like the best of times and then later i went to dinner uh in greek town and uh tried <laughs> tried to get in there with those caravans that were out there yeah and they were they were out oh they my gosh out. it's it 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 doesn't make one bit of sense to me. So it was like the best of the celebration and the worst of celebration is carloads of people were jamming the streets, uh, you know, shutting everything down. I, I just I don't see what that has to do with celebrating your ethnicity, your 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 ethnic pride, uh, Mexican independence, I, sh- disrupting everybody else. That doesn't make sense to me. I saw it start. Actually, uh, Friday afternoon, early evening, yeah. uh, in the uh, Loop South Loop area there, and then yesterday, as I mentioned, uh, things really started to pick up, and uh, quite a traffic jam around Michigan and Roosevelt. Right, right. Um, but I just wanted to mention as the counterpoint, I mean, to, with all that madness, yeah. I mean, tra- it, it was extremely inconvenient for everybody, but uh, I felt bad for the businesses. You know, the restaurants that are trying to stay open in these difficult times, and now people can't even get anywhere near the restaurants. And try to accommodate all the crowds in the areas as well. Well, I mean, the restaurants were empty. Nobody was able to even get to go in. The streets were jammed Mm -hmm. with cars and, you know, such. But what about all these businesses that are trying to stay open, trying to you know feed their employee you know pay their salaries and trying to you know it, it's just it, it doesn't make any sense to me so the the great part was it was a beautiful celebration early in the day and i'll notice stay home next year <laughs> <laughs> i'll stay in my cave next year <laughs> Ten forty, dean richard sunday morning on wgn one of the signature songs from the uh, Grammy Award-winning, 11-time Tony Award-winning, and Pulitzer Prize-winning musical, 
Hamilton, uh, written, created by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who starred in the lead role on Broadway as Alexander Hamilton himself. Uh, the show has, uh, after it opened on Broadway, the first city that it came to after that was Chicago, where it ran for uh, three years to virtually sold out uh, houses uh, every single night. Uh, the show finally closed, and now Hamilton is back again. It'll be here with us until the uh, end of the year, until uh, December 30th at the Niederlander Theater on West Randolph Street. Uh, on Thursday, I sat down with Lin-Manuel when he was here in Chicago, and we talked about the return of Hamilton to Chicago and the special relationship between our city and his show. Chicago is such a special place for you and Hamilton. Uh, in in what way do you think? Well, you know, Chicago uh, was where we launched our second company um, with the incredible Miguel Cervantes and Josh Henry and um, and that amazing cast. And it was such a joy to see the way Chicago embraced the show, but not just the show, the cast members. Um, you know, we sat here for nearly three years, I think, um, and it was it was remarkable. It was you know I'd be back home in New York and I'd see the cast of Hamilton screaming at a Cubs game, um, <laughs> and and they really um, it, it really was became part of the fa- fabric of the town. Um, and listen, we're all coming back from the pandemic. Um, theater's hurting, you know. Theater's hurting in New York. Theater's hurting in Chicago. Um, and so I'm really excited for this new company that has been all over the country. They're coming from Alaska uh, to get to sit down in Chicago and feel that embrace that only Chicago gives. Um, and, and, you know, for, for Chicagoans to come see Hamilton again, I'm really yeah. excited about that. Did you think that this show would run for three plus years here? Did you? I ever? hoped we'd squeeze out two years with school groups. Yeah. You know, all anyone knew about our show was it was about the guy in the $10 bill. <laughs> and I thought social studies teachers would take a chance. Yeah. They might hear there was profanity and not bring the kids. <laughs> um, and that was, that was really about as far ahead as, you know, if, if you go in with a strategy, you're going to lose when, you're, when it comes to inspiration. But it's, it's just remarkable how everyone finds an on-ramp into this show, whether um, Burr's storyline resonates with them, or um, Eliza's storyline resonates with them, or just the wordplay resonates with them. I can't tell you how many parents I talk to who say, my kid who was having speech issues memorized the soundtrack because it was something to latch onto. It was a project to work on. Um, It was a way to sing about things that they maybe wouldn't express. Um, it's, It's remarkable how many people have found their way into it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so interesting that uh, that kind of conversation with my viewers and listeners is starting again. Uh, yeah. That's all I did for three years was answer questions about Hamilton and yeah. you know things like that. And people were saying, my kids know every single word. They can't wait to see the show. And then the show closed and it died down. And just the last two weeks since we've been talking about Hamilton coming back, same thing. Yeah. It's, it's well, another extraordinary thing happened, which was that, you know, the show was available for everyone to watch uh, on streaming. And, um, and so there's also, like, a generation of fans who have never had the chance to see it live. Um, and, you know, I was talking to someone earlier about how Taylor Swift and Beyonce have been our greatest theater ambassadors <laughs> this summer. They've reminded us of the joy of a communal experience yeah. with our loved ones. I've been to both those concerts. Um, I went to Miami to go see Beyonce for my wife's birthday. Um, and, and there's really nothing like it. There's nothing like gathering in the dark uh, and hearing songs you love with the people you love. Yeah. And so I'm excited to be able to bring the show back to Chicago. Yeah, the communal experience. There's, there truly is nothing like it. Why do you think Chicago has grabbed onto the show in a way that it rarely grabs onto any show? I don't know. I don't live here. I do know that I'm really proud of that because I grew up in awe of Chicago as a theater town, of the, the Steppenwolfs and, and the incredible actors and writers that came out of Chicago. Um, you know, that's legend. That's theater legend. You learn about that in college. You learn about that when you're studying to be a theater major. So I remember just hoping that, that Chicago would embrace the show because, um, you know, it's 
famous for its rigor and it's famous for being a really smart, discerning audience. Yeah. Um, so I'm just I'm really thrilled by the embrace and I'm thrilled that you know the show can come back at a time that I think everyone needs to be rediscovering their theater habit again. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to so many producers and directors and performers. The one that really sticks out in my mind is Mel Brooks when he brought the producers here first mm. before it went to Broadway. And he talked about how uh, Chicago theater goers, they, they know crap when they see it. Yeah. And if anybody will cut through it all, it'll be a Chicago theater goer yeah. to see it. So I think that speaks highly of his show, of your show, yeah. of Wicked. There's a reason to try out here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's because you guys are really smart and you guys are really passionate, and that's what we want in our audiences. Yeah. And that's really what we need right now, right? To get yeah. people back into theaters. I know the public theater in New York has had some big uh, cutbacks. We've I, had I, there's been cuts everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. we've had huge cutbacks at many theater companies. S strong, vibrant, long-running theater companies here. Yeah. Same thing. Is it shows like Hamilton that will bring people back in? Is that the key to I think this? That's, do you think? I think that's one component. You know, I think that it's it's great that a show that has a passionate fan base like Hamilton, like Wicked, like Lion King, um, you know, that that folks show up for those experiences. I also, you know. Um, the other exciting thing about Chicago is you guys take chances on new stuff. I know that I think the notebook was here. Like there's really exciting stuff that gets to start here. Um, and I would encourage audiences to like wear that with pride. Like you guys get to see stuff before New York does. and and um, you know, that's that's an enormous source of pride. And just, you know, it's um it's gonna take. It's going to take a minute for that habit to come back. You know, we were all home for a long time, yeah. um, and um, it's it's just important for the for the lifeblood of, of our industry. Yeah, the other uh, question that I get all the time now, besides when is Hamilton going to be here, and my kids know the words and blah blah blah, what when is Lynn going to do something on stage again, mm. either him physically on stage or something like you've given us. Oh, like, I have no like plans Hamilton. to be physically on stage. I will tell you that. Are you done with that? Really? I think so. Really? Yeah, I just, listen, it's, it's interesting because I really, I started writing because I wanted to be an actor and, and get a life in this business. I have a life in this business now. Like, I'm oh. good. And I think that, especially since Stephen Sondheim's passing, like, the, the piano has called me back in a big mm. way. I just, mm. you look at his extraordinary legacy and how no two shows were the same. Um, I look at my friend John Kander who is 96 years old and I had the privilege of writing alongside him and the energy he still brings to that piano and the 16 Broadway shows he has written. And in, in addition to the incredible off-Broadway um, late-inning you know, shows he's written that are all extraordinary. You know, I want to I be in that club. I want to be, yeah. I, I, when I look back, I want to really have a lot of different shows that, that, that talk to each other and are in conversation yeah. with each other. Well, so will that be writing. the Warriors? I mean, that's all the talk on the internet. That is the rumor. It's a yeah. good rumor. Yeah. I really like that movie, but it's I, just a rumor. I can see, I can see the, how you could adapt that really yeah, it's well. A, it's a great movie, but it is just a rumor. Just a rumor, right? Yeah. Now. Okay, so nothing else is... Are you working on something in a secret? or? I'm just writing... Yeah, I'm writing my next stuff okay. in a secret. I um, <laughs> and, and I also like have a wife that is like returned to the workforce, so I'm also just home making sandwiches and yeah. picking up my kids from the bus. <laughs> How old are your kids now? Well, uh, my son was one when we came here. Yeah, okay. And now he's eight, and he's got a five-year-old little brother. They're in kindergarten and fourth grade. So that's the other wild thing with Hamilton is I can measure these lives by it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, my son was born two weeks before rehearsal started at the wow. public. Wow. So it's, it's also this really... Funny legacy. I took the the five year old for his birthday to see the show for the first time, and Dear Theodosia started. And he said, "What the heck? That's from this?" Because my <laughs> wife had been singing it to him as his lullaby every night. It was just his lullaby. Yeah. He didn't know it was from Hamilton. Right. right. Um, so it's it's this it's it's really it's been a fascinating marker of our lives. One of the other things that's kind of uh, changed is the world. Uh, when you gave your famous love is love is love is love speech, mm. the world was sort of with you on that. Mm. 
and it, it just feels like things have changed and love is love is love almost feels like it's under attack. Well listen, it's important to remember the context of that which was the within 24 hours of the worst shooting massacre in our nation's history. No. Um, that was not meant as everything's sunshine and roses. That was an incantation against an act of hate we had seen against the LGBTQ community, most of whom were Puerto Rican young men who meant to go home that night. Um, so that darkness is always there. You know, it's, uh, people ask about the relevance of Hamilton, like everyone dies by gun violence in this show. That is one of the original sins of our country. Uh, we continue to die by gun violence. That threat is still so scary and sadly still such an everyday part of our lives. Lin-Manuel Miranda talking with me just this past Thursday. Uh, he was here for a big event at the National Puerto Rican uh, Museum that is in Humboldt Park at which Ricky Martin, singer Ricky Martin, was uh, honored. Lin-Manuel uh, introduced uh, Ricky Martin at that event and also stopped by the Nederlander Theater to talk to the uh, new cast of Hamilton, as I mentioned, back in Chicago. It's now open, and uh, uh, everybody is enjoying it. They're saying that it has not lost uh, uh, any of its impact. It's still being beautifully performed. The new lead actor is Alexander Hamilton now is Pierre-Jean Gonzalez. Uh, we'll be, I'm sure, having him on the show here in the next uh, couple of weeks, playing through the end of the year. You can go to broadwayinchicago.com to get more info. Our Week in Theater segment, sponsored by Chicago Symphony Orchestra.